so let's let's carry on with the show. We're talking now sexual behavior um, and asking if SA learners are are educated enough. So sex education in schools, is it enough? Is it working? Are parents able to talk to their kids about it? Because the numbers are shocking. And I'm joined on the line by Marina Rifkin, who is the public health specialist at CareWorks. Marina is actually in our Cape Town studios. Marina, good good afternoon. Good afternoon to you and your listeners, Naledi. Nice to be here. It's so good to have you with us. Just a brief background on CareWorks. So CareWorks is an HIV management organization based here in Cape Town, and we are involved in HIV prevention, care, and treatment services with a strong focus on encouraging men in South Africa to access voluntary medical male circumcision towards age-free generation. Okay, so medical male circumcision. But, you know, obviously we wanted to talk about um, sexual behavior, especially by learners and those between the ages of 15 to 24. Um, and the stats, I don't know if you heard me read this out earlier, that 2,300 girls between the age of 15 and 24 uh, contract HIV in a week. For any parent, that's a frightening thing. But I want us to drive that point home and talk about what's happening with the boys as well. Um, it is alarming. I think, you know, to answer your question, is sexual education schools enough? I think the statistics are showing that it's not enough. Yeah, um, with this, these, these rates of HIV infections and what we hear about teen pregnancies, um, I think we as a society are not doing enough to educate our young women and girls and our young um, boys about mm-hmm. um, sexual behavior, sexual risk, um, and what they're prevention options are in terms of HIV prevention, STI prevention, pregnancy prevention. Mm. Yeah, so, so the numbers are quite scary. I just want to see, I really need to emphasize some of the, the, the stats here because I think if, if you're a parent and you haven't had that conversation with your, with your child, um, then hopefully these will, will frighten you into having that chat. Um, you know that 7 to 10% of girls are HIV positive by the, by the time they reach grade 12. So imagine 10% of girls high school girls, are, are, are HIV positive by the time they get to matric. So what is going on there, and why why are they all the emphasis on girls? Just What's happening with the boys? Um, so I think it's, the rates are high for both girls and boys. Mm. Youth in South Africa, age 15 to 24, um, 7.3% are living with HIV, which is alarming um, in itself. Mm. Um, but I think what's particular about girls um, is that they're disproportionately affected compared to their male counterparts. Mm. Um, for example, uh, among girls age 15 to 19, 6.2% of girls are infected, whereas only 1.2% of boys. Um, and a big but part, who are they having sex with? That's, that's the key, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's that the younger girls are having sex with um, older boys. Oh. Um, and so these younger girls are being introduced to the kind of sexual networks of the older boys. I think mm. we've all heard the, the expression that you, you're sleeping with everybody that your partner has ever slept with. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're seeing here um, with with younger women sleep, younger girls and women sleeping with older men, that they have similar rates of HIV infection to uh, age group older than them. Oh. I think what's also happening is, you know, recent stat, um, statistics coming out from Stats SA are showing high rates of gender-based violence um, among women and girls. Um, we're also seeing um, general low condom use among youth. And so when you have this coupling of, you know, young women and girls not being able to negotiate condom use with their older male partners, high rates of untreated STIs, um, and gender-based violence, it's kind of a perfect storm for, for HIV transmission mm. with young women and girls bearing the, the brunt of, of this. Yeah, I'm going to open up the lines because we need to have a discussion about 
um, how we talk to our, to, our, to our kids, whether it be, you know, your little sister or your own child. Give us a call on 0891-104-207. And later on, we'll talk about MMC. But just, this is a difficult thing for any parent to really think about. you telling me to have a conversation with my daughter or my son about sex and, 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 and tell them that, look, if you are six, if you are, you know, 17 years old and you're female, you have a 10% chance of being HIV positive by the time you get to matric. How do you have that conversation and, and, and really make sure that the kids understand and, and you're driving it home? Because they're hearing it everywhere. A, B, C, abstain, be faithful, condomize. But it's still not working. Um, you're, you're exactly right. And I, I think we as older people need to acknowledge that younger people are curious about sex mm. and will eventually have sex. And how do we empower and arm um, young people with the knowledge um, of how, you know, HIV, STIs are transmitted and how pregnancy occurs um, and what their options for preventing um, that this is. Mm. I, I think we can't put, you know, our head in the sand and, and say, you know, well, the age of consent is 16. So we're not going to talk about it until the child is 16 or 17. I think it's important that we have these conversations before children sexually debut, before they start becoming curious about sex, mm. so they know what the risks are um, and they are empowered with the knowledge to make um, healthy choices. Yeah. So MMC, let's, let's talk about that. And um, you, you're, you're running this project with young men as well. Correct. Um, I mean, this is a national initiative uh, spearheaded by the National Department of Health with the goal of cir- medically circumcising 4.3 million men um, by the end of this year. Mm. Um, and to date, since 2009, um, nearly 2.4 million men have undergone medical male circumcision. And the goal of this program is um, medical male circumcision has shown through a variety of clinical trials, conducted here in South Africa as well, that a circumcised man is 60%, approximately 60% less likely to acquire HIV Mm. than an uncircumcised man. And if we can reduce the HIV um, among men, we can therefore potentially reduce the HIV among the women with whom they sleep with. Yeah, that's that's impressive. (laughs) But it's also a really high target that you set yourself. It is. I mean, it's incredibly ambitious, but I think what is so um, exciting is that we're more than halfway to that target. Um, You know, the fact that, you know, over 2.4 million males have accessed medical male circumcision in South Africa speaks that men are uh, manning up and getting involved Mm. and, um, you know, doing their bit to, to, to help the country and promote an AIDS-free generation. Yeah. Um, if yeah. we lose our young people to HIV, um, we're not going to have them to, to, you know, take on the future. Hmm. I've, got, I've got a caller on the line. Tula is in Frehe. Tula, good afternoon. Uh, afternoon. How are you, Naledi? Oh, wow. Thank you so much for calling, Tula. Um, uh, Naledi, I was just calling, you know, um, um, your guest mentioned um, something about young, lady, um, young women and girls. Hmm. And then um, he only said boys. And even when he was, uh, even when she was talking about HIV, she was talking about these young girls get it from older boys. Okay. Um, I, I think she should just change that narrative to say and men because they do sleep with men. And um, some of um, um, some of the kids that um, 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 involved in this is young men. Not only boys, they yeah. are men, young men, and you know, yeah, I was just and older men, say. yes, because it's, it's a well, 35 yeah, year old sugar well. daddy I mean, is, not a, is not a 35 year old boy, yeah. Tula, you're exactly correct. Yeah. Um, um, I think you, you hit the nail on the head that these 
high school learners, university learners are sleeping with men. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not necessarily sleeping with their, you know, 15-year-old counterparts. Yeah. Um, HIV infection rates among young boys is very low because they're not yet sexually active. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the young women, girls, who sleep with these older men um, are at risk because those older men have had a much longer, um, you know, period of time of being sexually active. Mm. Yeah, you know, when, when we talk about MMC, I get the feeling that we're, we're almost saying, okay, this is what men can do to prevent, um, to, 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 to do for HIV prevention, but there's not much that, that women can do. I mean, what are the things that are available, new research um, initiatives that are taken? I know that the World Health Organization has issued a few um, requirements that each country must fill on how we treat girls specifically of that age group. Um, I think there are so many different prevention options for for women and for men, and I think what's important is that it's a not not a one-size-fits-all. Not every um, intervention will work for everyone. Um, So some of the prevention interventions that are out there are delaying sexual activity. So this is, you know, waiting until you're a little bit older to engage in sexual activity. Um, You know, correct and consistent condom use, whether you're a male or a female, is the cornerstone of HIV. STI and pregnancy prevention, um, as well as treating STIs. I think we don't, as a society, don't talk a lot about STIs, mm. and um, there's a, a big risk between, you know, an untreated STI and an individual's risk of acquiring HIV. So I do encourage young people to actually learn more about STIs, um, and many STIs are, are treatable. You can go to a public health clinic, get a antibiotic, and get your STI taken care of, but if you don't know what the signs and symptoms are of that STI, um, it makes it very difficult to do that. Yeah. Um, Naledi, I think you mentioned kind of what are some of the kind of innovations, new prevention options coming down the pipeline. Mm. Um, So there is an intervention called pre-exposure prophylaxis, and this is um, an antiretroviral-based prevention option. And so this is when somebody who is HIV negative but at high risk of acquiring HIV actually takes antiretrovirals for prevention. And is that a commitment? Is that a lifelong commitment if, if, he's, if young people do that? Correct. So that's why it's not for everyone. That's mm. why I'm saying, you know, not every intervention is for everyone. But South Africa is starting to offer pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is called PrEP, um, to sex workers in South Africa because yeah. they are at high risk. They engage in high-risk sexual activity. And this is a prevention option that could work for them. Um, research that recently came out in February at the International Conference on Retrovirus and opportunistic infections showed very promising results from a vaginal ring study. So this is um, a vaginal ring that would be inserted um, for a, a girl, and it would time release the same sort of antiretroviral drugs um, mm. as a prevention option. This mm. is not necessary. This is not yet available, but this is very promising research that is coming out of South Africa that could be an option in the future. Yeah, so, so so we're working really hard, obviously. We are. The yeah. researchers, civil society, the Department of Health, um, we're all trying to crack this nut of how do we curb this epidemic in South Africa. Um, we have over 6 million people in South Africa living with HIV, mm. um, with more than 400,000 new infections every year. Um, we can't sustain this. It's not good for the country. It's not good for the, the young people. Um, and so we're, we're truly trying to take a multi-pronged approach. And, um, you know, while the vaginal ring is not yet available, why pre-exposure prophylaxis is only, you know, available for certain populations. Um, there has been in the past very little that, that men could 
really do. Men right. haven't really been involved in HIV prevention mm-hmm. or necessarily in health promotion. Um, so that's why medical male circumcision is so exciting because this is a way that, you know, young men, old men can really get involved in the HIV prevention uh, response. Yeah. And South Africa is, um, you know, the target age for medical male circumcision is 15 to 49. Um, and so, you know, whether you're a young man or an old man, it's it's an option that, that we're encouraging guys to talk to their parents, their mm-hmm. partners, um, their friends about whether this is an option that that could help them. Mm. Yeah, look, I've got a caller on the line. Earl is on the line from Joburg. Earl, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon to your guest as well. Mm. Um, I've just got the tail end of the discussion, and I think maybe my five cents worth that I'd like to add, I think South Africa, what makes things so complex, when it comes to something as sensitive as as, as sex education is the difference between the traditional values mm. and Western values as well. Uh, if, if, I, if I may just make an example, my children attended a former Model C school, and, and sex education is high on the agenda in those schools, but still they needed to send out letters to parents to say, are you okay with us having this discussion with yeah. your children? Yeah. And, and I don't think there's just certain things in, in society that permission should not be something that needs to be obtained, uh, especially something like uh, HIV. Uh, and then there's also the other issue with regards to legislation, uh, legislative issues where, where government is saying it's okay for children to have sex at 12 and they don't need parental permission to have abortion. So, so we're sending out conflicting messages. Hmm. Uh, the unfortunate part also around education, uh, education also... Uh, uh, the word I'm looking for, it, it, it makes people want to experiment this education that you're getting. How does it actually work in practice? Yeah. And I think that's the difficulty when you're having sex education at, 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 at high school level uh, because children, uh, they want to practice what they, what they are being taught. And, mm-hmm. and this is maybe why we're having this high rate of, of sex amongst our youth. Uh, and then also there's the issue of, of, of uh, community leadership. We've lost those values and morals mm-hmm. along the way in South Africa since the dawn of our democracy where, where, where we need to, instead of taking action and, and, and educating and playing roles as parents irrespective of whether it's your child or not, we've lost those values because we're trying to be too politically correct in, in many ways. And this is why in important issues we, we sometimes lose the plot. Yeah. And then the most important thing is government leadership. When, when, the, when the current Minister of Health came in, he was very effective. I haven't heard Arun Matsuledi even on radio in the last six months. Hmm. So government needs to be the leaders in terms of promoting these things consistently, continually, without necessarily asking permission to do what is right. Yeah, Earl, some really interesting points. Thank you so much for sharing all of those thoughts. And we'll leave it there with this conversation. I think what we need to do, though, is emphasize the fact that Earl has made about parents needing to take full responsibility of this. You can't dance around some of these issues. This is a matter of your own child's future. So sit down with them. Have that really honest conversation. If you need to, bring out the stats. Given the reality of what's going on, because this is about their future, this is about their lives, this is about our future as a country as well. Um, Marina, thanks so much for speaking to us. So on CareWorks, I mean, is there a website that we can look at for perhaps for parents to educate themselves as well? So in terms of education, there are a variety of websites out there. Um, Lifeline has good, or Love Life has very good information. Um, 
as well as if you're interested in learning more about prevention options or voluntary medical circumcision, you can actually send a free please call me to our call center, and one of our call center um, counselors will call you back, and that number is 0606-800-800. Okay, very easy. 0606? 800-800. Okay, very easy. So 0606-800-800. So simple. Marina, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me this afternoon, and I really um, encourage young people to get involved in HIV prevention education and demand information. I think Earl hit the nail on the head that people need um, more information, more education, and um, more support from community and um, all role players. Thank you. Such a pleasure speaking to you. Have a great weekend, Marina, and continue the great work. You're still on In Tune on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader.